it could be said that the process of meditation after preliminary prayers, especially refuge and the aspiration for bodhicitta, After you settle the posture so that you embody Buddha, Buddha mind, Buddha body, and then especially in a midday meditation, maybe we could say after that it's a subtraction process. The instructions often boil down to sitting present with the arising of the whole, W-H-O-L-E, the complete, the perfection, of things as they are. And often that involves a little bit of letting go of everything else. Except this always present, ever flowing, vast river of interconnectedness and the direct experience of that. Anything else, thinking, planning, following the little distractions that arise like little bubbles of karma, anything but just sitting steeped in the knowing should be let go for now. And ideally we would spend time, poetically speaking, maybe face to face with the truth. Fortunately, the truth was there before we were born. It's there now and it will be there after we die. It's not possible to leave it at home or misplace it, only to obscure it with doing.
The word for we beings in this realm in Tibetan is drowa, the goer-doers. So we have to ease up on that and rest into stillness. And it's interesting, isn't it, that that would be difficult. As busy as we are, you think we would relish the thought of stopping. Sometimes in this realm of samsara, we draw wa, we going, doing beings. Because we live in the illusion of ourselves as separate, discrete islands of humanity. We fight with each other and create harm. And I actually feel in my most tender heart that this is almost never intentional unless it's a deep state of psychological difficulty. But every day we hurt ourselves and each other in our efforts to be happy of all things. We harm ourselves and others in our efforts to be safe because we believe this illusion of self and all of the stories that it tells. And when we do that, we create what the Dalai Lama once tenderly said, those who would call themselves my enemy. And part of the work of living and embodying Dharma is to repair those things. Chosen made a comment this morning, the delusions that we repair are not the delusions of others. They are our own, and those are the only delusions that we can repair. So this meditation offering in this session is maybe a kind of reconciliation for repairing the times that we have innocently, I think, torn asunder that which is whole. If you could bring to mind a time when you felt hurt, 
or betrayed, left behind, separated, othered, damaged, offended, oppressed, any of those things, even just irritated. You don't have to choose the biggest and most dramatic injury of your life, maybe not useful, yet. And the first thing I invite you to do is imagine your side, you know, your version of this truth. We don't need a long narrative, but you probably could form it in two or three seconds even. Maybe you know the script, maybe it's in your upper pocket. Always. So you imagine your own perspective as a piece of land. And you can have that piece of land be as big as you like or as small as you like, an inch or a mile, an acre. Your choice. And then because it is difficult sometimes to make a leap to facing the truth of things, I would suggest that you make the other person's side view perspective another piece of land. And those two pieces don't need to touch. You can separate them by space. That has probably been done in the story already for reasons that I feel kind and compassionate towards in my own mind for my own dividing. So put as much space between those two parcels as you like, but then do this. Zoom up about a mile in the sky and look down on those two tracts of land, the harmed and the one who did harm, and envision them both on a much larger piece of land at the same time. They are part of a vast landscape. And from a mile above, they both seem postage stamp size, maybe. And this maybe shakes the snow globe a little bit, right? Looking at the truth when you have held a narrative, a protective narrative for a long time is difficult. And so it shakes reactivity in the mind. So you can let that rest for a minute if you like.
the biggest and most profound truth that we sometimes connect to in meditation is a kind of tapestry. It's a living tapestry, a matrix of energy, events, sensations, memories, dreams. But its nature, the nature of the truth is that it's undivided. So if that truth is a tapestry, then these difficulties of our life in samsara sometimes cause us to tear a piece from the tapestry and hide it from our seeing. And maybe in the beginning we pull a small thread because we were hurt in some way. Maybe we were a child. So that's pretty good strategy for a child. So we don't have to feel shame or guilt about whatever happened on either side. It's what happened. But this is a way of saying that if we want to see the truth, all things are included. Maybe as a next step, since we are imagining this now in our mind, we could acknowledge that this projected version of this thing that happened and the division of the tapestry, the threads pulled. In life, you know, sometimes we tear off a whole corner or we poke holes, or we burn holes, intentionally, innocently, I think, but intentionally, in the tapestry. And this is a way of saying, right now, at this moment, in this meditation hall, all of this is in my mind. I am creating this. So this apparition, this illusion, I have constructed. Because I have constructed it, I can also knit it together again. Every conditioned thing can change. The reason we would do that is because when something has been removed from the whole, our view is distorted, and so we live in the illusion of things.
So I'm wondering if you could take a few minutes in meditation to explore, and I feel it is best to do this without words. Maybe a kind of play of images in the mind, heart, where you put these two pieces of tapestry, you repair them a little bit. It isn't necessary the first time to knit the whole thing back together. Sometimes that's too much, and if we create things artificially, it's like wallpapering over a wall with a crack. Sooner or later, paper will peel off and fall. And it's all right if we knit it back together and immediately take it apart. It's okay. But I'm wondering if you could do that because you have more allegiance to the truth in this moment than you do to being right. And as you do this little experiment, just one thing, this generally kicks up a lot of protesting voices. What they did was not right, it wasn't fair. Dun, 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 dun. I don't want to pay the price, I don't want to pretend, I don't condone that. Under no circumstances is that okay. All of that is added to the allowing a whole thing to be whole. I am not asking you to change a single belief. I am not condoning anything. I am not choosing for you, nor do I think you need to choose your position on morality. These things are so infinitely complex and we confuse them so deeply with our narratives that sometimes we just have to let all that rest and dip our finger into the knowing that truth contains all things good bad, all of those things. In fact, when we put the whole truth together, those labels don't apply. Which is not to say that in the relative world, they don't. So this is a meditation exercise. This is like a kind of medicine. And of course, this is only an invitation. But you can start with something small. You left your sandwich in the refrigerator at work and someone ate it and it didn't seem fair. Maybe it had a piece of birthday cake in there and they ate a bite. And because you don't know if they have COVID, you don't want to eat the cake. So we just see the hole is broken and I've been holding that for
about 25 years. <laughs> so do that. Be gentle, be visual, and stay in touch with your heart. And when you get fatigued, if you do, just relax. Sometimes the whole appears on its own. It can't help itself. It's the truth unfolding, the truth arising. So just experiment with this. Nothing to know. No real mistakes to be made. But one thing for sure, if a story comes up, even a good story, sever the story and let it drift off into space. It has nothing to do with what we're doing here. Starting with the parcels of land.
if words come up, liberate them into space and rest back into the feeling and the image. Sometimes when people do this meditation, they say, but the divisiveness is still there, the anger, the hurt. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? It's a part of the whole. So now in your visualization, rise up into infinite space and think about the divisiveness and divisive events of seven billion people. That's if they only had one. Imagine all of those little squares of territory. 
but multiply that by as many as you have had in your life, times seven billion. And then remember that animals and formless beings are also said in samsara, pretas and hell beings and gods and jealous gods, all of us, we, we have this tendency for suffering. And so visualize that also. And if you can, open your heart to the complexity of this relative truth. Feel remembering how you felt about the sandwich and the cake, whatever yours was, remembering that emotional sensation times billions. Maybe this is what compelled Jizo Bodhisattva, Avalokiteshvara, another great bodhisattvas. So complex, this ocean of suffering. And now, drop all that and look directly at mind. <laughs> 